You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hey, this is Keith Jones, the president of Hockey Operations of the Flyers. Hi, I'm Paul Holmgren. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hi, this is Travis Sanheim. Hi, I'm Joel Farabee. Hey, I'm Scott Lawton. This is Dan Helfer. Hi, this is Bob Clark. And you're listening to Snow the Goalie. 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 Oh, yes. <laughs> Welcome into the morning after, morning after the Philadelphia Flyers went onto the island and they won a shootout. And as the name of the episode indicates, they went in search. They were trying to find Forrester. They found Forrester. The young man gives the Flyers the win in the shootout, just as we all wrote it up. We did not have predictions last night, so we're going to have to put a big old asterisk over uh, last night's game in the standings. They were yeah. the only person... The only person to send me a, pre, a uh, prediction last night was intern Andrew. And I will tell you that intern Andrew was wrong. Uh, that is important to note. We will <laughs> deduct 15 points from his standings. He had four nothing Islanders. Yeah. But I was at a class reunion last night. You did not send me a, pre, a, a prediction, nor did Bundy. So we're just going to act like was, last night didn't happen. I was performing last night. That's why. I forgot. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. You had the uh, the acting gig. Yeah, I had an acting so, gig last night. A gig. Yeah. But uh, anyway, welcome into the morning after here, presented by Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast, the People's Podcast, Players Podcast, Prognosticators Podcast, the only Flyers podcast. Um Let's get into last night's game. And I do want to let people know this is going to be a short episode. You have stuff to do. I have stuff to do. Uh, but we didn't want this to become a thing where we missed two of these in a row. We gave ourselves yeah. a little bit of grace after that, you know, for Thanksgiving. But we're giving our thanks today to all these people who on absolutely no notice have already hopped into YouTube and Twitter yeah. and Facebook. And we, only have about, section. we only have about 20 minutes today. Um I know Bundy. We it's all because of our timing, to be honest with you. Bundy said he's available a little bit later this morning, but uh, unfortunately can't do it right now, and we couldn't do it later, so we can only do it right now. So we decided to go early. No Bundy. We'll get this over with quick. And uh, look, it it it's it there was there's not a ton to talk about from the game. I mean, there was great goaltending, right? I mean, both yes. both goalies were really good. Um, you know, Sorokin made forty saves. Uh, against the Flyers, and um, you know, Urson was tested early, and then like would ha he had stretches where he wasn't tested at all, and then all of a sudden he'd get a flurry of shots, and he was really good uh, in those moments. 
Um, you know, he finishes with 24 saves. The, the overtime I thought was very entertaining. The five minute mm-hmm. overtime was was really really entertaining. Um, a lot of great opportunities in that one. But oh Atkinson God. on the Atkinson on the doorstep at least once. Yeah, uh, no, there was it a... could have gone could have gone either way in that yeah. OT. And yeah, isn't was... that kind of what you want after watching a goalie battle throughout the game? Is you you open it up a little bit in OT, and you get to have a, a few of the thrills that you didn't get. Yeah, to have well, as I mean, much it, in regulation. It, it, this is why it's you know they would be. I know they're talking about making changes next year for overtime slash shootout. I'd say just get rid of the freaking shootout and just make overtime <sighs> longer. Like just get rid of it and make the overtime ten minutes. I mean that's the, the three on three when it's back and forth like that and there's not a lot of re, you know regrouping and holding onto the puck and playing it like it's lacrosse. Like yeah. the game is it's it's so much more entertaining that way. Um, but uh, but no, really, it 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 was really good overtime. And then of course the shootouts. There was no. Um, I thought the Flyers' first three shots were kind of weak. Uh, I don't think mm-hmm. Sorokin had to really make a save. Whereas I thought Urson had to make two really good saves um, on the first two. Um, and then, of course, you know, they the end up getting the game winner by Forster. And look, it doesn't go down as a goal for him. He doesn't get credited with a goal for that. And Tort said it after the game. Like, it's going to feel like one for him, mm-hmm. especially because it, A, it wins a game, and B, it's a, a good move on a really good goalie, and he beats him. Um, yep. and so like, it, it's going to mean something for four star. It's going to, it, it's not going to be, it's not like a, just a, a cheapie, you know? So good for it's him. It's a goal for, up here for, and it's a goal in here. And that's yeah. what matters, especially for a young guy that's had a hard time finding the back of the net. Yeah. It almost, it almost makes it feel like it, um, it doesn't warrant or justify the fact that he's continued to play through struggles. And we talk about this idea of the money in the bank and all that, um, but like it, it does kind of. I don't know if it vindicates Tortorella in his decision to keep Forster in the lineup, but it certainly gets the kid a bit of confidence here. Now, what will end up looking like a master stroke is if this does lead to Forster starting to find the back of the net yeah, over the I, next I, ten I just, games. Like, let's say he scores three over the next ten games, then you look at it and you go, "Hey, not only was it good that you kept him in the lineup, but it was also good that you showed some confidence in him by having him be one of the guys to attempt a, a shot in the shootout." Yeah, well, he was fourth in line, so he wasn't one of the first three. Um, so yeah, but let's like keep, fourth, that, I mean, keep that in yeah, mind. But I mean, like fourth is still an important spot. Like, let's be let's be real. I think if you're a, if you're a top five guy with the yeah, shootout. But- yeah, but your you're being three best guys are going one, two, and three. Maybe not, maybe not in that order, but your three best guys have to go one, two, three. You can't say let's hold on to somebody who we think is good because if you don't get to four, you don't get to it, <laughs> right? I mean, so he's got – they don't necessarily consider him the top three guy, but they gave him a shot once it got past those three, and, and he delivered. Um, and as Ryan mentioned, I had this comment up a minute ago, it, it, Forster had a lot of looks in the game. He really did. I, uh, I think that um, Torts said after the game that they had him for eight chances – team had him for eight chances in the game um so that's that's a high number um yeah so yeah again they've been really thrilled with the way he's played without the puck and again a couple of times late in the game and in in that overtime especially you saw it like and this is what danny was talking about when we had him on on friday where he said watch him when he goes in and 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 goes and gets the puck away from the other the other player forces a turnover creates yep. the starts the the chaos is what he said it's when he starts the chaos in the in the zone that that's the kind of thing that's the reason he stays in the lineup 
because even if yep. he's not scoring, right? Um, so that then that's great. It's good for the Flyers. I wrote a story today, Russ. Flyers are eleven nine and one, right? They're they're in second mm-hmm. place in the in the Metro currently. It's a <laughs> it's a bottleneck of teams because you lose one game, you fall out of a playoff spot. You win one game, you jump up to second place. I mean, it's just kind of crazy how close everybody is right now. Yeah. Um, but going back to last season, there were um, uh, sixteen teams who had twenty three points on November the 20 on the morning of November the 26th and 13 of them made the playoffs. In fact, of the teams that were in a playoff spot on this date last year, 15 of the 16 made the playoffs. The only one that didn't was the, the Detroit Red Wings. That's not to say that I think the Flyers are going to make the playoffs. I don't I still don't think that they're going to get in. Um but it, you know, it, there has been it's a standard pretty much in the NHL that 75% of the teams who are in a playoff spot at the end of Thanksgiving weekend hold on to that playoff spot. And so the the odds are, if you go by history, that the Flyers are going to be a playoff team. I, I don't playoffs. believe it. I don't believe it. I don't think they will. But the one thing I thought, and the, the one of the things that, you know, what I wrote, I thought was really important was, you know, that this is what Danny addressed this with us on Friday. And he said, we're not buying. <laughs> we're not giving yeah. up assets. So it's either going to be this team stays as is and goes forward um, and contends for a playoff spot it, it, as as you know con- as a consist of the players on this team right now, or they fall out of it and he trades off assets. That those are the only two options at this point. Um, yeah, and if they make the playoffs with what they have, that, that's fine. It's fine, you know. If they don't, that's fine too. <laughs> like either outcome is good. The only outcome that was when we tar- start to look at it negatively is if the organization looks at it and goes, well, we got to go for it. And so we got to give up something to get something yeah. when we all know that they're not ready for that. Right. So yep. that would be the negative. Anything else is a positive. I agree. It's weird. I, I, I think that we all thought that they were going to be somewhere around 500 through 20 games. I don't think that we had them at 11, nine and one through 21. Um, no, no, they, they I, got four more wins than they had a year ago. Now, if we're if we're real about it, and if we do look at what we expect to have happen here a little bit later in the season, like we talked about after the trade deadline, their schedule gets unbelievably difficult. Like it, it is murderer's row. And so then, I guess the question becomes: Where are they? Let's say, like at at Christmas break, right? Let's see where they're at over the next month. If this team somehow manages to remain over 500 another month, I'm not going to start advocating for short-term fixes in a playoff run because ultimately I don't think that's what's best for this team long-term. But you can't all of a sudden then just say, well, now we're going to pull our guys out. Like we're not going to just pull Couturier and Atkinson out of the lineup. We're not going to send Carter Hart to Siberia, you know, like – at some point, you you might have to come around to the realization that like, wow, they they really might be a bubble playoff team, and unless Danny Briere does trade off some of the guys that might have value around the deadline in an effort to maybe make them a little bit less effective, they're they're going to compete. I the the one thing that we've talked about ad nauseum at this point is that this team plays the right way. This team gives a hundred percent of their effort. When they fall behind, they don't give up. They fight back. And when they play with a lead, they're really lethal. Last night's game was just interesting in that, like, 
they they didn't allow Sorokin's uh, uh, play in net to adversely affect them. It didn't get them out of the game. And, like, he, he stonewalled them in the shootout until Forster, you know, finds the back of the net. Team's resilient. I don't know. It, it's yeah. weird. I, well, I, wanna, I don't I think I've ever had a, as hard of a time reading a team as much as this one. No, this is – I want to address what Paul puts up here. It's if the team doesn't sell Walker, Lawton, others just because they prefer to stand pat for a playoff push, it's no longer a rebuild, and this is where I'll disagree. Um, the fact of the matter is is that – and I wrote about this today. This is all going to be on cross, on Crossing Broad. I think it's up actually now on Crossing Broad, so you can go over and read it if you want. Um, the, the reality of it is is that you, you cannot you, – you can't hurt a team that's there. And what I mean by that is if this team, as the roster is what it is right now, if they play over their heads enough to get into a playoff spot come March 8th when the deadline approaches, and they're sitting in a playoff spot at that point, you do owe it to them. You do owe it to them to let them finish it out. And and don't sit there and say, well, no, we need to get better for the future, so trade off everybody. It's That's not a rebuild. That's BS, man. Because you put cause more damage by telling the players, yeah, you don't matter because we're worried about five years from now. We're not worried about you what you right now. All the work you've put in into these into this season, it doesn't matter. You know, none of that matters. You, you don't matter is what you're basically telling your players. You cannot do that. And so that's why the look, it's gonna be a difficult decision. I think Danny's gonna have some tough calls. Um, and I think because I don't think the Flyers are gonna be completely out of it. I think the best spot for the Flyers to be would be just just short of a playoff spot come March, just short of it, and then you could sit there and say, "Hey, we made a great run, but this isn't this isn't what you know where we are yet. We're not quite there yet, so we're going to move on and go." I think that's the best case scenario for them. But if they're in a playoff spot, how, how can you sit there and say, "Yeah, guys, thanks for all your hard work, but we're going to bail on you right now." You cannot do it. You hurt players more doing that. You really, really do. We could sit there on, on the outside and say we prefer it to be one way or another, and I understand that, and I get it, right? Mm -hmm. Fans want the best possible team uh, you know, down the line. I get it. And I, like I said, I wouldn't trade for something to try and make this team better. That, I think, would be wrong by Danny. But I don't think – I think if he gets to that point and Sean Walker's still playing the way he's playing, Nick Sealer's still playing the way he's playing, and Scott Lawton's still the leader of this team and the Flyers are holding on to a playoff spot, you have to give them a chance to make it. You have to hold on to those guys. I like this, by the way, by Allison. This is how, how much we affect people's lives on Sunday mornings. Allison says, hello from the lobby of the church my mother attends, waiting for her to finish Sunday school while I listen to Snow the Goalie, the real church. That's right. Thank you, Allison. Please She's don't pray at the altar of Aunt San Philly. We don't. We don't need that. That's uh, horribly sacrilege here. Um, a lot of a lot of people, I think, are feeling positive. I, I do want to address something though. I've I've noticed this a lot. I'm sure that you have too, because people uh, people are insane. I've noticed a lot of discourse on Twitter, and I think this is probably part of a, a bigger conversation to have on this week's show on the regular Snow the Goalie show. But I'm noticing a lot of people piling on this idea that the rebuild is already over because of John Tortorella. No, that that just, don't jump on me. I'm I'm explaining. I'm not jumping on you. I'm jumping on the idea. I'm explaining the discourse, Anthony. Yes, I'm I'm jumping on the idea. 
there are these people. They're they're like you know Tortorella. He's making he's making these calls, and it, it can't be a rebuild because John Tortorella. And listen, I'm as critical of John Tortorella as it gets. I I've said a million times now. I don't think he's the guy. I don't think he's the guy who ends up leading this team when they're ready to compete. However, uh, this team is what it is. They are going to play vets in places that some people are going to be upset that they're not playing the kids. And we've talked about this a million times, and I, I will continue to come back to the point. Show me one team, show me three teams that are playing a fourth line of the kids and are also either actively rebuilding or are finding tremendous success with that fourth line. And when you do, please come back to me. And in the meantime, I'm going to live in the reality of the NHL is what it is. It's not exactly the most innovative league in the world. But unless you're the trailblazer who blazes that trail and who creates that that new dynamic in the league, there's there's no point in arguing about it. You know, you could you can argue till you're blue in the face, but like you can't just play all of the kids all the time. Now, what I will say to that person who who said, you know, if you don't sell off the Walkers or a Lawton or other guys who are available, the one thing I will say to that is if a good if a good enough offer comes across your table for Sean Walker between now and the trade deadline, it would be organizational malpractice to not consider it. Because you have to consider it. You have yeah. to consider it. And and if and if there's and if another trade were to come around for Scott Lawton, you'd have to consider it. I do think that ultimately when we look back on it, knowing that they could have gotten a first round pick for Scott Lawton, do I think that it's something that in terms of the rebuild, probably was not a great idea uh, to to keep him here with that kind of value, uh, assuming it was a 2023 first. No, I don't think it was a great thing. If it was for this 2024 draft that is not as deep as the 2023 draft, well, then maybe it's a conversation to have. But there are guys on the scene that are going to get dealt. I do not see a scenario where they totally stand pat. And I don't see a scenario where Briere goes back on what he said to us um, a couple days ago on the Press Row Show pregame, which, by the way, will be in the podcast feed. Uh, early this week. Like, I, I don't see him going back on that. I, I just don't. He doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who says, yeah, you know what? I'm going to totally buy in. I, it was a uh, longtime listener. Chris Freed was the one who asked the question about him. You know, are you going to get uh, intoxicated by the idea of winning and making the playoffs? And Danny was like, well, that's a fair question. But like, no, that's not the goal here. You know, it it's, remains a rebuild. I think that a lot of people's perceptions of the team are skewed because they are over 500 right now. Let's see. That's why I said, let's see where we're at in a month. We'll see if, if they remain well yeah, above 500, you know what, well then, then it's a conversation, you know, but you know what, you know what drives me nuts, Russ, What's and up? I'm going to pull up another one here and I don't want to, I don't want K-Dub to think that it's like him specifically because this is a or mindset her. that's out here. Okay. Or, or her, right. Whatever. I think it's a guy that was, it's, 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 it's a, it's a male. Um, it looks like a guy uh, in the, Oh, the, here he goes. Anthony yeah. just got himself canceled. Go ahead, Anthony. No, I didn't get myself canceled. I mean, come on. Go ahead. I mean, let, ahead. let's be honest. All right. Uh, we're playing what? One kid on Oops, defense. Sorry. Guess sorry. we can kiss. You, Bring oh, that back suck. up. Sorry. I know I do. Yeah, that's not it. I was pulling up these. <laughs> I, was, I know. I was pulling up these other ones. There we go. Sorry. Yeah. I guess we could kiss them all goodbye because Stahl is back. Okay. No. First of all, let me let me just give you with, with Zamula. Two things about Zamula. One, Zamula was... They were not happy with Zamola coming into the season. They really didn't think that this guy was going to be an NHL-level player, and they're still not 100% sure on him. Have they been positive about him? Have they have they seen some positive things, um, gains from him that they thought probably weren't going to be there this season? They, they have, 
but he has been up and down. He has been back and forth. And, you know, you're bringing Ristolainen back into the lineup for the first time. You don't need to have a guy who you're not sure what his game level is going to be going into his first game, going in there. You don't want him being the guy on the other side of a, of a young player. Zamula is going to be back in this lineup. He's going to play again. They played last night with Stahl in, uh, on the side of Ristolainen, and that's just how it worked for last night's game. Like, the Flyers won a game last night, and people get pissed off. The Flyers are in second place in the division, and people are pissed off. People like, are just used to being pissed off, man. We've spent a, wait, we've spent a few years your, here being pissed off about the Flyers. Where are you going with this? Like, I, I don't understand. And, and the whole point of, you know, I keep seeing people say this is a fake rebuild. Oh, you have the a Hextall mentality. I don't. I don't at you all. Do. Okay, Hextall's mentality was we have a bunch of kids that are coming, and they're going to be great. And then they, guess what? They weren't no good. Or I shouldn't say no good. They weren't good enough. They weren't top Okay, end. They weren't top A couple end. of them were. Okay. A, cu- a couple of them are like fringy but not not top end there's no elite talent look you do you take what you have and you go with what you've got and and you let the players get you that where you need to go and once you get to a point where you have to make a decision you make that decision okay and again we're not calling this to say oh let's compete let's be a competitive team all of a sudden this is still a rebuild this team is going to when this when the flyers are a stanley cup contender the players that are on this roster right now, maybe five or six of them are here. Maybe. Okay? So let's be honest about it. All right? That's what a rebuild is. And you may have fits and starts. You may have a season that's better than another. They may take a step back next year. Who knows? But in the moment, when you have when you have what you have in front of you, you go with what you have. And, and that's it. You don't sit there and say, get rid of this guy, get rid of that guy, only play this kid, only play that kid. It's 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 nonsensical. It's absolutely Can nonsensical. I- uh, again, I say this, and I will say it one more time for those in the back who can't hear it, okay? I'll shout it from the, from the rafters. If you want to do a full teardown, if there's proof of a full teardown in this league, how long does it take to get to where you want to go? Show it mm-hmm. to me. Show it to me. It has taken teams seven to ten years to do it. It does not take that long to turn it around in the NHL. You don't need to go full on, blow everything up, and go seven to ten years. You can do it in less. And Danny Briere has a plan of doing it in less than seven to ten years. It's not, it's still a rebuild. Thank you. Colorado, uh, Michael Michael just brought up Colorado. It took them 10 years. They they actually tore down twice. You can pull that if I'm going to pull that one up. You, you so. pull it up. You have the you have access. Can I just say I can envision a scenario here. I hate saying this, okay? I could totally envision a scenario here where this team hangs around. The trade deadline comes. They make a fringy kind of move. They're not really buyers, but they're not really sellers. And they make like another Garnet Hathaway level move. And for whatever reason, that like gives them a little jolt. They're competitive down the stretch. They squeak into the playoffs and they like win in the first round. Like there is a scenario here where this team just for whatever reason gels really well. They like each other. They play hard for one another. And somehow they make an improbable run. Now, is that the worst thing in the world? No. 
is it good for the long-term building of this team? Yes. Is winning and learning how to win, especially for the younger guys, important? It is. I think that ultimately, your best case scenario, all right, if you're a Flyers fan and you like the idea of them winning because you don't want to watch them be absolute dog shit, right? Your best case scenario is the team plays around 500 all year. The trade deadline hits. They sell off a few of the vets that they think they can get something for. They bring up a few of the younger kids to play some meaningful minutes. They have a rough post-trade deadline stretch where they are going to be up against some very good teams. And that's what allows them to fall back into that like top seven in the draft kind of area. That ultimately, mm-hmm. I think, is, is the best case scenario. And by the way, while they're kind of in that tailspin after the trade deadline, they still figure out a way to beat a couple of good teams. So they still kind of get that taste of what they're experiencing now where they are beating good competition. But like ultimately, you do end up in that top 10 of the draft. Again, and I will say this for the 40th time, you and I have both had these conversations with people who do the actual evaluating of prospects coming out. The 2024 draft is not being viewed the same way that the 2023 draft was being viewed. It's not a great draft. And so like if there Even is at the top, a draft, it's not a great draft. So if there is a draft that you're like, "Hey, I'm okay with the team being fringy because we think that like I think we talked about this. The the gap between say 1, 2 and 3 and then like 4 through 18 isn't even viewed as that big. Like right now, there are about three guys that are realistically being looked at as, hey, these aren't franchise cornerstones, but they're going to be really good players. And then after that, it kind of falls off into another tier. I don't know. We'll see. I don't think you can. The one big thing is you can't make everyone happy, right? It 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 is it, the funny thing to me is a lot of the people who complain about how Torts mistreats Morgan Frost, which is fair, are also the people who will not give any benefit of the doubt to Mark Stahl being a good veteran player. And they just like, they want to make him the whipping boy of Flyers Twitter. And I'm like, do you not see? There's cognitive dissonance here. All right. Like, yeah. you can't, you can't be upset about one and if then the like Flyers actively are, just hate this other guy for doing nothing overtly if awful. If the Flyers are you in your second team. place on, in, on March 7th, the day before the deadline, mm-hmm. what do you do? You sell. I'm not saying you sell Carter I'm not Hart. Saying, you, you sell Travis sell. Sanheim. You, you, tra- you sell buy. Travis Konechny. You sell you, them all. Kind of st- you stand pat. If you're in second place on March the seventh, yeah. you stay where you're at. You don't give up assets, but you also don't give up on the players who got you there. That's it. It's it's a it's pretty cut and dry. I think it would be stupid to do it any other way. Yeah, that's your opinion. That was a little little celebrated <laughs> jeopardy there. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, I hate well, to cut listen, this we, short because we have so many people I know, here we, with us. We had, I love the fact are that people are like people are really into it in the comments section, which is why we're going to come back later this week. We'll probably do a regular episode of Snow the Goalie. Keep your eyes peeled to uh, your eyes locked on the social media channels because we'll uh, we'll announce what we're doing. But I do want to really quick before we head out here, Ant, because it, it apparently has worked because we have done many, many sales over the last few days. I do want to direct people to shop.snowthegoalie.com. The holiday season is here, and obviously the number one thing that you need in your life is merch, Snow the Goalie merch. We have the Bundy Butte shirt. We have the Bundy Bomb shirt with the explanation of what a Bundy Bomb is. We have the Coots shirt. It's also available as a sweater. It's also available in a women's relaxed T-shirt. So is the Bundy Bomb. want to point that out. We, did ha- we had a lot of ladies asking, are you going to add women's cut shirts to the store? And I said, fine, sure we will. 
Also, the sweatshirt's unisex. I am not going to create a men's sweater and a women's sweater. It's unisex. It's going to be kind of boxy, probably. We all know how sweaters fit. The I'm a Torts Guy and I'm a Torts Girl shirts are also there. Mishkov Mania. We sold a bunch of Mishkov Mania stuff uh, in the last couple of days as well. So maybe people are new to finding the Mishkov Mania line of apparel. As you can see, we are buying into the Mishkov Mania thing. We have the old Snow the Goalie crest. We have the Snow the Goalie logo stuff as well, the blue logo. This one has been, I think, one of the most popular things that we've been selling, Ant, is the orange shirt with the yeah. blue Snow the Goalie logo. We'll also be adding the uh, orange logo. Might do the one that's up in the corner here, minus the Flyers logo. Remember, we uh, we cannot use the Flyers logo without having to pay them Boku bucks as a sub-licensee, which I don't want to do. Um, we have some other things with the logo on it. And then, of course, the newest addition, the orange and the black. That shirt which, which uh, is got, available I, I, I in the men's cut you, and the women's cut. Mr. Marketing, yeah. you, you got to get that at the top of the page, man. Top of the page. Well, it's it's all it's all alphabetized. I'll figure it out. I'll move that <laughs> to the top end. Just for you. Just just for you. Okay. So anyway, yeah. uh, head over to shop.snowthegoalie.com. Go get your merch. And uh, I don't know, like make make somebody's holiday this season. You know, Chris Mahana Kwanzaa is coming up. What better stocking stuffer? Actually, let's be real. It's not a stocking stuffer. Go get a big enough box. You can put a big old box of Snow the Goalie apparel right under the Christmas tree, right by the menorah. You can buy one thing for each night of Hanukkah. You can Kwanzaa things. You can do other holiday things. The winter solstice will be coming up. So shop.snowthegoalie.com. Ant has to go. He looks like he's going to poop his pants. I don't think that's yeah, what it is. You're five he minutes past the deadline I gave you. I'm just, I have a hard time with that. I'm not really sure. So um, anyway, we will be back. We will be back uh, later this week. Like I mentioned, uh, keep an eye on social media. We will let you know when we're going to go live press with shows. Show in the night. Press row show definitely Tuesday and also Thursday. So we have a lot coming up. Uh, and there's another thing happening this week that we'll talk about at some point that I know you're very excited about uh, midweek. So we'll get there as well. Uh, but Big thank you to everybody who tuned in here live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. We will talk to you very soon. So for Ant, for Bundy, wherever he is on this beautiful morning, I'm Russ. Go Eagles today. What's your prediction, by the way? Eagles, Bills. They'll win. Who's they? Eagles will win. Eagles will win. All right. And on that, Bills. have a great day, everybody.